Chapter 16 The Anchor We followed the pine tree-lined road through beach towns and villages that were abandoned for the winter. We were hosted our first night in the hall of a local church and continued the following morning along the coastline of the Gulf of Venice. My left foot ached terribly that day, with a searing pain that extended from my arch to my shins. I managed to hobble about 15 kilometers to the nearest town and dropped at the church steps to await the priest who arrived shortly after. A robust man of about 60, Father Claudio emanated enthusiasm and goodwill. He was fascinated by by our walk and immediately responded to our need for lodging. Placing his arms around our shoulders, he led us to a nearby building, all the while peppering us with questions and delighting in our responses. In the fully furnished apartment that would be our home that night, he turned on the heating and hot water and then handed us the keys. I finally put down my backpack and sat on the sofa, wincing in pain. Father Claudio looked at me with concern as I explained about the pain in my foot. Well then, you must rest an extra day, he commanded jovially. You have a long journey ahead of you. I have some things to do now, but please join me for dinner. He left us with directions to his home. We went about our daily arrival ritual. Refreshed after my shower, I attempted to massage my feet, but they were too painful to touch. So I lay back on the sofa, closed my eyes, and elevated my feet, enjoying this rare creature comfort for a pilgrim. Would you like to go to Mass? I heard Alberto ask. It was the last thing on my mind, to be honest, but I knew that Father Claudio would appreciate seeing us there. And so, as a gesture of our thanks, I agreed to go. The priest beamed when he saw us, and I was glad of my decision. The church was by far the simplest we had seen on our travels, looking like a retail space that someone had rented and decided to decorate as a church. The simple altar was adorned with fresh flowers and presided over ten rows of pews with just as many parishioners. I noted a statue that Alberto whispered was Saint Leopold, the Saint of Confessions, but the large black anchor near the altar was not a sight we saw every day. At the point in the Mass, where parishioners look to their nearest neighbor and offer words of peace, each one came up to us and shook our hands, warmly welcoming us and repeating the words, Peace be with you. It was the first time we had ever been so warmly welcomed in a church, and it touched me greatly. We returned their greeting with equal sincerity. Mass ended and parishioners began filing out, again shaking our hands, We said our goodbyes to Father Claudio, agreeing to meet at his home in 30 minutes. I used that time to call a journalist named Anna, who had stopped us on our way into town that morning. Unable to grant her an interview at that moment, we had exchanged phone numbers and now made plans to meet the following day. Our host received us into his home with the same warmth and hospitality we had come to expect from him. Delicious aromas filled the air, compliments of his housekeeper. He led me by the hand to the sofa, sat me down, brought a footstool, and raised my foot. Don't move, 
he gently commanded. I'm, I'm feeling better, really, I stammered, surprised by the gesture. No, he said, replying and heading to the kitchen. You must rest and soak your feet. My eyes begged Albertos to stop this priest, but he smiled in amusement, folded his arms across his chest and shook his head. Father Claudio reappeared, balancing a pail filled with salt water. He reached for my left foot and gently placed it in the warm water, taking care not to touch the arch area. He pulled out some ointment and reached for my right foot. Ignoring my protests that I was fine, he began to massage my foot. It felt undeniably fantastic, but I couldn't enjoy it because it was being given by a priest, a man old enough to be my father. He placed my right foot into the water and repeated the massage with my left foot, then replaced it in the water, again commanding me not to move. Like Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, Alberto teased, I shot him a help-me glance, and he merely shook his head. The not-to-be-deterred priest lifted my feet and tenderly dried them. His assistant entered with a pair of woolly slippers, explaining that this extra pair of hers was now mine, similarly ignoring my pleas that I have sandals. Father Claudio slid the slippers on my feet, helped me stand up, and then held my elbow all the way to my seat at the dinner table. My own parents could not have treated me with more love. His attention left me speechless, and I was one who was never at a loss for words. Our meal was copious and delicious, the conversation lively and engaging. Father Claudio said he was thinking of walking the Camino and eagerly lapped up the stories of our experiences. Time passed too quickly, and when we finally said our good nights, it was with the twinge of sadness one feels at having to leave good friends. Back in our room, Alberto said to me, you know, I'm thinking of taking communion tomorrow. I asked him why, when he didn't believe in the rituals of the church. For me, it's more of a symbolic act, a way of acknowledging God's presence in my life and giving thanks for that. The only problem is that I have to confess that I don't believe in sin, because sin for me reinforces a God of fear, one that condemns those who don't follow his rules, and that's not the God of my experience. My only reference to Alberto's dilemma was my own Greek Orthodox Church. When praying our Father, instead of asking to be forgiven for our sins, in Arabic we ask to be forgiven for our mistakes. This interpretation always seemed to me more loving, recognition that we are human and bound to make mistakes. I was astonished that I could even recall this prayer, a surprise remnant from my childhood in Lebanon. I agreed with Alberto, and Alberto immediately agreed with my observation about the prayer. God knows that we're doing the best that we can in every moment, he said. God knows our limited understanding. To even ask for forgiveness is to consider the possibility that there's something in me that God is not happy with, and that, for me, is not God. We don't have God's wisdom or awareness, so of course we're going to make mistakes. If God wanted us perfect, 
he would have made us perfect. So how can God be angry at his own creation? Our conversation continued into the night, but did not resolve whether or not Alberto would finally take communion or if I would join him. The following morning, we met the journalists. I'm so happy you called, Anna exclaimed, kissing us on each cheek. Everything about her was captivating. Her puppy brown eyes, her wide smile, her attentive, gentle presence. I had to remind myself that she was a journalist. Accompanying her was Claudia, another journalist. She too was friendly, but I felt her penetrating gaze, searching, assessing. Instinctively, I put on my marketing face, professional and polite, and we made our way to a nearby cafe. The interview began with the usual questions about the physical aspects of our journey, but then their questions turned to our lives before this walk and what inspired us to do it. This was my first opportunity after my big fight with Alberto to show him that I trusted him and that he could speak his truth without my trying to manipulate or control the conversation. It was difficult at first, hearing him speak so openly, imagining the number of times the word God would be mentioned in the article. But then I saw how Anna and Claudia responded. They leaned into him, absorbing his words, their gazes filled with understanding. They put down their pens, and the conversation that we shared that afternoon was one among friends. Anna revealed that she had miraculously survived a terrible motorcycle accident that had left her driver friend dead. I believe I am here because my life has a deeper purpose that I am determined to fulfill, she confided. Guardian angels exist, and it is because of them that I am speaking with you today. I stood at a crossroads, battling my head's insistence that she was a journalist using kindness to break through to me and my soul's desire to trust and be authentic. I stepped in gingerly at first, speaking about my divorce and sub subsequent spiritual awakening. When I began to speak about the miracles and the angels, I knew I had taken a giant leap forward in my inner quest for authenticity and for overcoming my debilitating fear at what others thought. Anna's honesty allowed me to be similarly honest, and for that, I will be always thankful. As it turned out, Anna and Claudia's final articles were full of praise, and my fears were unfounded. Again. Alberto and I stood at the back of the packed church, watching Father Claudio's passionate sermon. I felt the harmony that pervaded that small space and the love in every glance and greeting. They were like a big loving family and we were a welcome part of it. At that moment, I considered taking communion. We had just symbolically crossed over to this new shore, this land of new possibilities and beginnings, and communion seemed the perfect ritual to complete this crossing. Father Claudio was such a loving priest, and I couldn't think of a better person to do this with. I whispered this desire to Alberto, who agreed to join me. We again left with the parishioners' well wishes and accompanied Father Claudio to his home, 
where another table overflowing with food and wine greeted us. I am so happy that you stopped here, he effused. Please stay another day. I would love for you to speak with the people of this community. His offer was tempting, but we couldn't accept. My feet were better, and as pilgrims, we needed to continue on our journey. Father Claudio was disappointed, but he understood. Thank you so much for embracing us so completely, Alberto said. You have welcomed us into your community, into your home. You've treated us like one of your own children and opened your heart to us. We feel so very comfortable with you and wonder if you could give us communion before we leave tomorrow morning. It would be my honor, he replied emotionally. The only thing is, Alberto continued cautiously, I haven't confessed or taken communion in years. My ideas and beliefs are also further away from the traditional beliefs of the Catholic Church. Still, I feel the desire to go back to this symbolic ritual, something that, for me, was in its time an important and influential part of my life. Father Claudio nodded in agreement and approval, his eyes moist. I also know I must confess before taking communion, Alberto continued. Although I have my own views on that, I would still like to confess with you. Of course, of course, replied the priest earnestly. We can go to the church tomorrow where I can hear both your confessions and then offer communion. I can't think of a more appropriate way to send you off. When I thought of taking communion, I had not considered having to confess. I had never confessed before and, like Alberto, did not believe in sin. I quietly debated whether I still wanted to take communion. I'm not sure if you know, Father Claudio, Alberto continued, but Moni was baptized in the Greek Orthodox Church. That's not a problem, is it? All color dissipated from the priest's face. The ever-present smile disappeared, replaced with genuine shock. She's not Catholic, he sputtered incredulously. She's Orthodox? Well, um, well, um, um... Well, to be honest, Father Claudio, I started slowly, delicately trying to phrase my truth in words that wouldn't hurt or offend. I am not a practicing Orthodox or Christian. I have not attended church in many years. I respect all religions and believe that they are merely different paths leading to the same God. Like Alberto, I felt the desire to take communion as a symbolic act of acknowledging and accepting God's presence in my life, which to me is love. Yes, 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 of course, he replied. Don't misunderstand me. I have nothing against the Orthodox. They are our Christian brothers. But we do have different sacraments. I, I don't know if you confess in your church or or if and how you take communion. I, I really don't know. I, I don't think it's a good idea. But if there's only one God, what does it matter what church I belong to? I replied, the edge in my voice masking the unexpected hurt that his rejection had caused. It's not about God, he replied gently. It's about rituals. The Catholic Church has certain requirements, as I'm sure your church does. 
I'm certain the bishop would never consent to this. These rules should bring people closer to God, not further away from him, I responded, feeling my face flush with indignation and the one too many glasses of wine that now loosened my tongue. God places no conditions on his love, only the church does. Besides, I don't need to receive something that is already within me and all around me. God is everything. I am God. You are God. Everything is God. Father Claudio looked away, his eyes filled with pain. My words had been overly harsh and had come from a place of hurt, not from my heart. I wish I could take them back, but it was too late. I had gone too far. I am truly sorry, he stated sadly, but with finality. I cannot offer you communion. An uncomfortable silence ensued. It's not a problem, Alberto finally replied, trying to sound light, but I knew he was disappointed too. We need to leave early anyways, and it would have taken too much time. Don't worry, it's all all right. Our good nights with the priest were melancholy. I couldn't stop my incessant mind replaying the evening's conversation and feeling a deepening regret for not having handled myself with more grace. I'm sorry about what happened, Alberto remarked softly later that night. Maybe you were a little hard on Father Claudio, but you spoke your truth. I'm really very proud of you. I didn't feel proud of myself and slept fitfully, waking from dreams I couldn't remember and feeling a terrible knot in my stomach. I heard Alberto moving about too and imagined that he was struggling with what had just happened as well. I was happy once morning came. Our farewell with Father Claudio was filled with sincere well wishes and blessings, but in his embrace I felt the sorrow. He stood and waved until we were no longer in view. I think I finally understand what that anchor in the church means, Alberto said once we were alone on a quiet stretch of road. It represents the things that stop us from moving forward. For Father Claudio, maybe the anchor is, is the rules by which he lives, which cut the wings of his heart. For us, maybe it's the longing to hold on to the love of those we hold dear. I see now that there comes a time when we must allow others to walk their path so that we can also walk ours. Even when that path can sometimes feel very sad and lonely, I concluded.